Hello, 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 Maria more here. Uh, as you know, or those who've been listening to this show know, I'm a personal development coach. And since finance creates a great deal of stress and sometimes conflict in a relationship, um, as well as can be, you know, difficult for people, I feel like we should understand it better, but we don't. And so today I want to talk about understanding wealth and money and the importance of finance. So a lot of us, our attitude to money is negative. We always believe we don't have. We always believe, you know, there's not enough. And as a result, we create that in our thinking and in our actions. So a lot of us, for example, have brilliant ideas that we never act on because we might fail and lose the money we put into it. But you just as easily might do very well or make back your money. I've also noticed there's always a trend to talk about negative stories with friends. Oh, I rented a house and the tenant was awful and I swear we'd never do that again. The problem with that is, yes, 10% maybe, 20% at maximum may be awful tenants, but the majority aren't. And you just may get a wonderful tenant. Also, do understand, even if you get an awful tenant, what he is is a lesson for how to improve, not stop. And I'll hear the same, whether it be a hired car or whether it be a shop, whether it be a bar, whether, oh, I had a bar ready and it didn't do at that time. We seem to think that we aren't supposed to fail at some point in our growth towards our success. And as a result, We start believing crap and then we talk to more people who can give us even better stories, reiterating, oh, it's a bad idea. And in truth and in fact, it's a great idea. And if you keep proper records, sometimes even when you've made that loss, you made so much more before the loss and that awful experience that you really have to say, this was about protection. This is about finding loopholes, not not doing it. And I feel as though we need to be very aware of the energy we put into things, our lack, our lack, our lack. We talk about it all the time. We don't take chances because of it. We don't even understand how to think or see a situation. We don't even look at a situation seeing dollars at the end of it. We see Oh, daggone failed. And we say it to our friends who are bringing us ideas. We say it in our communities. We say it to our children. Oh, you know, get a job. That's going to be, well, that's not a real job. I laugh at that more than any, mostly because my mother, when I was 16, I said to my mom, I want to go off to New York and study to become an interior decorator. And my mother and my aunt, uncle were here and they said, that's not even a real profession. You can't make money from that. And it killed my desire because I was like, oh, so you're not going to fund it even if I want it to. In my mind, that was immediately how I took it. And I literally didn't pursue it now with the same vigor and intensity I wanted. But it didn't change my reading of books. It didn't change my interest in furniture. It never changed um, the fact I, I still plan to do woodwork, um, a joiner's class. It just never changed the fact that that was really desirable. Later on, take 
four, 10 years later, I said to them, you thought that wasn't a profession? Look how many amazing interior decorators there are now, what a big business is. But the point is, is sometimes we kill each other's dreams because in their mind, if you love something, if you're going to put energy behind it, you'll get it. But can, what is even funnier to that story is, although I didn't become an interior decorator, I became an organizer. And the difference for me when I go into the house is, I'm not trying to buy you new stuff to make a room work. I'm buying, I'm using your old stuff and turning your house still into a gorgeous home with the things you already own. So it makes it an interesting task and it allows me then, I have not killed my dream, I've diversified it. But sometimes we don't. We kill each other's dreams. We're so busy being frightened and that fear of money, that fear of failure is completely killing our attainment to wealth. You're never going to get wealth by saving your way to wealth. You're never going to get wealth with a single stream of income. You could be ever so disciplined. If one thing comes along, all of it's gone. Even, sorry, so regularly we have to take into consideration it is my attitude to money that drives it away. It is my fear of money that drives it away. It is not that I couldn't have tons of money. It is that I have kept myself so far from any opportunities to increase money, even the conversations we have. We'll sit down and talk about what our neighbor is not is not doing. But you will sit down and talk about, you know, I wonder what business I could come up with. Earl Nightingale, which is a gentleman you can follow on YouTube, says, if a man comes home every night and he sits in front of a TV and he watches other people's lives, in this case, it would be sitting in front of your phone or Instagram reels. Very dangerous. Oh my God, they're so addictive. Don't go to them. Or YouTube reels. Oh, they're awful. The point I'm making is, <laughs> if you sit down in front of those things, you're watching other people's lives. You could just as easily sit down and have stimulating thoughts on an idea you had that you'd like to pursue. If you practice having these conversations more often, one of them is going to really bite you, as in get you so excited, you'll actually take action and do it. Because you're starting to see when you have the conversations, when you draw that mindset, things will come to you. Opportunities will knock on your door. People that you never realized you knew will have a conversation about it the same week you decide to start thinking about it. Friends you never realized um, knew about the stuff will start to talk to you about it. And it's hilarious because... I myself, I've had that, I always have that experience. I'll have an idea and I start thinking about it. I'm going to bump into somebody who's talking about, oh, you know, I was doing this thing. And it's the thing I was thinking about. So you have to look at money differently. And you have to also remember to be excited about it, not to fear it. You're already wealthy. Whether you have cash in your wallet or not, cash in the bank. If you live here in Barbados, You've got roads, you've got infrastructure, you've got healthcare, electricity, running water. You are already wealthy. Every morning you get up, you have that ocean out there that is amazing. You've got a beautiful sunny day that you can make any magic happen. 
And by the way, you can make magic happen in snow too. I didn't mean to be one-sided. But the point I'm making is you always have more than enough resources. But if you never use them, they're just decorations. That's all they are. You have to start looking around yourself, looking around you, looking around the people within your scope and asking for better. I always tell people the magic is in the asking. My subconscious knows nearly everything. And when it does, it checks in on my superconscious, which I really think is God's way of between all of us. I could not know something today. And all I have to do is ask to learn about it. And boom, bam, bam. And I'm not talking about YouTube. <laughs> YouTube is helpful. Google is great. But I'm talking about the universe. God will send me that piece of information. And it's hilarious. It'll come in the strangest conversations. It'll come standing at a bus stop overhearing the conversation. It will come in all the most magnificent ways. But I got to ask. And if you don't ask, if you're not asking good questions, you're never going to get good answers. So if you keep asking, why am I so broke? Why do I never have money? All you can get is that answer. If you ask, I'm short on money. How could I get money? Where could I get money from? Lord, if it tell you me, please go back. It's not true. I'm just kidding. But my point is, keep remembering, you have to be enthusiastic about money. You have to believe it's coming. You have to act like it's already here because that anxiety and anxiousness will send it away. Oh, like the thing you always want most. You ever notice the thing you want most? The more you think about it, the more you think about it, the more you think about it, the more you, it, the more you send it away. Yeah, because you got to relax. There can't be struggle. There can't be blockages. There can't be obstructions. I want to give you what you're asking me for, but I can't because you're blocking it. So get out of your own way and enjoy money on a different level. Look at it differently. Think about it differently. Stop saying you hate paying bills and start enjoying paying bills. I love the fact I got enough money to pay the smart bills. Praise the Lord. I love that I have, I can afford to eat and buy all the groceries in this bag. Sure, there were more I wanted, but these are going to make just do just enough to bring out my creativity this month. Because truthfully, when you can't buy all you want, what does that lead to? A level of creativity. It has a purpose. So enjoy the stages of your growth. And understand, this is a part. The reason sometimes I don't have things is because it leaves me so creative. It leaves me finding solutions I would never normally look at. And that is a beautiful thing. Because you do not realize what a creator you are yourself until you're in lack. And you have to come up with an alternate plan. And I know it can be tiring and weary. But if you get excited about it, how different is the energy? If we're all energy and this is all vibration, what energy are you sending out? And what energy you send out, you're going to attract. You're like a radio station. Do not expect to hear 98.1 on 101 station. Do not expect to hear 104.1 on 98.1 station. It doesn't work like that. You want to pick up 98.1? You got to give the vibes for 98.1. You want better in your life? You got to believe it's coming. And you got to get excited about it. you got to get passionate about it. Because if you don't have a good relationship with wealth, don't expect to get it. Change your thinking. 
change your interactions, change who you hang out with. If all the people in your circle are broke, pretty good indication you can't get any good advice or money. Stop blaming everybody else for why you don't have it. Your boss, the country, the government, the stinking thieves at this store and the stinking thieves at that store. Stop complaining about them being thieves because half of the time they're not. They're business people. And they, like every other human, operate with the understanding, I'm looking out for my interests. You do the same exact thing. So stop spending energy judging them and put some of that energy into getting the best out of you. Now, I'm a little over my time. I wanted to say I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you use the information in the podcast even more so than if you enjoyed it. You don't even need to enjoy it. You could be vexed with me that I spoke to you so harshly about your creativity. But what I do want you to do is to take action today. Stop looking around at everybody else. Turn that look inward and get some action. Just step. Just be spontaneous. Don't overthink it. Don't think about right, wrong, if it could fall. Think about it like a little child having a ball and just about to get up on the door of their mother's bedroom to swing so they could feel what flying is. It makes no good sense. It's not even a good idea. But you know what? They do it anyway because it's just a little too much excitement to think rationally. That might not be a good idea. And even if fall is worth it, same principle, the fall is going to be worth it, even if there's a fall and there may not be. Have a great day. And this is Maria Cullimore, Financial Wisdom. Please share, like, and give feedback if you'd like. Any more questions, if there's anything you wanted to know about, feel free to ask. Have an absolutely wonderful day, whatever you do today. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Financial Wisdom with your host, Maria Cullimore. You know, I am a personal development coach, always trying to give tidbits on having good financial disciplines and wisdom so that you can make decisions that make your life easier. All right, let's jump right in today. Today, we're going to be talking about what happens when I get large sums of money, such as lotteries, gratuities, wills. All right, let's say you get an inheritance or better yet, you get a gratuity. You've worked for so many and so many years and you're about to be paid out. Now, You've got, it looks like you've got a lot of money. And once upon a time, $100,000 did look like a lot of money. $100,000 is not a lot of money. Most homes that I know, their starting mortgage is $300,000. On top of that, if you take that same $100,000, divide it into the next 20 years, you hopefully will live because you, yes, you've retired at 60, but you're going to probably live another 20, especially if your life is going, probably going to live another 30 years. So let's... Divide that maturity by, let's say, the next 20 years. I'm going to put back the 20 because it's just easier mathematically for people to work out. And see how much would you actually be able to spend every month does this money give you. And you can tell me what answer you got. Right. And that is... 20 years. So please note that if you got $5,000, that would be $5,000 for a whole year. Right now, what are you living on? Yes, let's look at those questions. And if you don't know, please, after this podcast or pause and go look, 
really work out based on your utilities, based on your bills, based on all of those, how much do I actually use in a year, a month? First work out the month, then work out what that would be for a year. And then every two years, multiply it by 8%. Put it on a long piece of paper, write it down. And each time you get to two years away, increase it by 8%. And that is just me being generous. But let's say, do not add in things. Like if you have an accident, if you have um, any medical issues come up for you, any sicknesses, uh, a funeral, the funeral can take out 30000 And then see, wow, this isn't really a lot of money. Now, this is not to scare you. This is to make you aware. Okay, so what I need to do now is since I used to survive or I will survive on my pension, whether I have this or not, I'll have to survive on my pension whether I have this or not. Let me look now at how am I going to use this. And let me tell you something. You are allowed to enjoy it. So I not I don't want you to become miserly. I don't want you to be scared of it. I just want you to acknowledge it's going to require now a plan so that this helps you build wealth. It's nothing more than that. It's not. I mean, you could go on a cruise. Um... But again, it's fine if you're going to go on a cruise based on fractions, based on how much you've worked out. You can have right now that you could play with and splurge and narrate. Or you could look at something investing. You could look at something to clear off a ton of debt. You could look at there's so many things. But right now what we're going to do is try to work out a good plan for our gratuity. All right, so go back to your original 100000 that you had. And let's start fractioning it off into things. So let's say I'm going to start with my fractions of 10%. 10% you just put in your account as your money. This is the money you're going to start investing first. This is the one you're sure about. There'll be other investments, but let's make sure at least we have this 10000 like a security blanket. So you pay you first. Yeah. 10% to have fun because it is kind of exciting. You retire, you want to do a little splurging. All right, up to 10. Feel free to do, to use. But now, your utilities aren't going to come out of it. Your utilities are going to come where they used to come, out of your pension, if that is possible. If your pension is less, then really and truly, then you need to put aside now a 30% that you're going to use as your living subsidy. To subsidize your living. Of course, still understanding that you need to still live very frugally. As in, this isn't going to be move your grocery bill from $200. Well, no. From $200 a week to $500 a week. You're not going to go in a bar and spend $500 per man because you got a little money in your pocket. It's not like that. You're just going to be able to say, well, look, my bills are coming in. Based on what my all expenses are and some other things, my debt, I got an old debt I'm still dealing with. Or, well, let me, this is, this 30 will help me fraction that out. And you have to fraction it out into pieces. It's not going to be a case where you can turn and just do whatever you want or pay anything. But it's, it's your security. Again, another type of security, not the same one. The first security, 
the very first security was more of a to ensure if any big jumps happen, any real surprises, the same medical that we're talking about. You might go for MMR, you might go for so you might pull from that one. But this 30 is every month. If you need that supplemental, this is the one you'd put on the check-in. You'd have access to don't put all on the check-in or on a credit card because you'll swipe and it's a, but this will back up that. My humblest apologies. All right, so then, excuse me, right? From there, what you want to do is, that 30 is for your safety. This is going to leave you with a comfortable 60%. Now, some people, <laughs> some people are a little weaker than others. So you're going to get that cousin, that daughter. You want to give your daughter some. You want to give your son some. And unfortunately, you mentioned it earlier. So they don't feel entitled to a little bit of your maturity. And there are people in your life you want to appreciate. You only got 10% to appreciate them with. So whatever you give them is going to fall within that. Time. So the uncle or the cousin or the brother that come with this old fantastic business idea, he will let you to invest in. Now it's not the time, especially if he's a novice. If he had a business running and you decided, oh, my, yeah. You own that general shop. You only shop in the street and it has met you enough money. It can help you buy some new stock and keep it well stocked. And whatever money you get, so much and so much percentage of whatever profit is mine, that's okay. But we ain't get to investment yet. We're talking about these loans or these giving people money. You only have a 10% portion for charity. 10% of the whole is all you got for charity. Your wife, your son, your daughter, your grandmother, your uncle, your cousin, your mother, dad, and your siblings think you should pay for it because you just get good charity. No. You got to be firm because you are also taking care of you for the rest of this time. And yes, you may be the one who is the most responsible and normally does all the taking care of. If that be the case, you're going to have to do that as a loan. So there's a surety that you put it back. Right? You're going to be saying, well, now we got to look for it. Yes. Just because you are retired, you're not dried up and dead. So if you're not finding investments, you should find a side pick. Some dream thing you always wanted to do, you never realized you was good at, but could bring you in a little bit of income ever so often. Not all the time. Like a retired an accountant and wants to help the shopkeeper in the neighborhood, keep your books, or do your taxes when tax time come around. Uh, well, you just got to be retired, but keep it. But the point is still the same. You know that you are going to do these occasional jobs to add back and supplement your living income. All right. So that leaves us with 50%. Now, the 50% of your gratuity now, you want to invest. But please, 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 do not invest in any one thing. Because technically, at $50,000, yes, it sounds like a, month, a lot. But let's say you're doing shares, or you're going to buy shares on the open market uh, say if uh, you can do stocks, buy shares on the open market in the States. So you want to buy into some Apple stock, you want to buy some ETFs, you want to buy some mutual bonds, uh, mutual fund, buy into some mutual fund. You might buy gold, you, might, you got to diversify your, your investments. And the reason for that is, <laughs> one, you never want all your eggs in one basket. So I would recommend that some of your investment be local so that it's the easy transfer when you need it. 
also some of that investment can be international. There's gold. There's you have to you have to research it, or you have to get a really good consultant to explain it to you and then suggest how we should divvy up these things over um, the different share possibilities. Okay, and what you want is a good pyramid search. So you might even buy real estate and become a landlord. Because don't get tired. Your mortgage, your home, if you're paying for your home, it's it's a liability. It's not an asset. So do understand, it's not bringing you money. It's taking money. Anything you want at this stage, you want to bring you money. And you want to, even with regard to getting into any investment, you want that person to have experience in what they're doing, has done it for a while and been holding their own. And all you're doing is interjecting some cash for them to keep going. But you know the responsible. They seem to be good with the money. They look like they're thriving. They don't look like they're, they're suffering. They don't have a gambling problem. They don't. You have to check these things. This is your future. And what you want is that $50,000 to generate $100,000, $150,000, or more, whatever is possible. You might want to buy into Bitcoin, but let me explain. You don't want to on those Bitcoin schemes where somebody's breaking you off change. You don't want buying to one of those foreign schemes, but foreign exchange buying and selling, because again, those are part. <laughs> I would go as far as to say a lot of them are Ponzi schemes. Even the Bitcoin, I was explaining to somebody, when people are selling you a portion of Bitcoin, they're using you to farm. That's what's called Bitcoin farming. They just need an extra head for which to add you. But you aren't getting, they're keeping the profit. Even if they're breaking you off change, what they've made you do is pay to be a part of something that they're then breaking you off a piece of the change. But what they're making in comparison, when you can buy you on, it's two different things. So why not, instead of using your $200 to enter into this agreement, save your up to $2,000 and actually buy a Bitcoin or a, a share or a whatever. As opposed to these schemes that come to you and you just got paid this and these managers and they, they have to be so glamorous and they have so many sessions. You all come to a session every week and uh, you want your money to work for you. You don't want that extra. You don't want that extra stress. The point I'm making is get good advice. Research what you're doing. Check around before you touch it. Make a good plan for it. Money loves order and it loves being told what to do. Tell it what to do and have something that looks after you for now and in the future. My suggestion is a suggestion. It may not suit your reality. You might have outstanding loans, which by the way, I'm not suggesting you rush and pay off because like I said, you didn't know you might need to find another income, but now you might have to. You might have to go out and do some private jobs and whatever. Use those to clear the loan. But don't try not to deplete what you have by just taking it up and clearing off their loans. If you know you've been managing your loans and you pay on time and it's a part of your system already, I suggest hold tight to that pattern unless there's a way for you to speed up the process. And I do talk about a speed up our loan process because after we talk about the 30% that is safety, you need to relook at your pension and go back now to my... Um, audio on the audio that talks about um, how to manage your money and how to parcel it out because that might make you have been doing wrong before 
You have to change the beast you are because what you want to become now is really safe and secure. So that retirement is something you thoroughly enjoyed and you had a good time with. And on top of that, just the idea of thinking you're going to go home and just dwindle away because you work hard and now you're done, it's kind of making you age faster. So you don't want that. You want to enjoy it. But you want to be smart about it. You want to enjoy it for longer periods of time. You don't want to enjoy it in the first four years. You want to enjoy it 20 years from now, 30 years from now. And if you've already made the mistake and lose all of your maturity, let's talk about reviving what you have. Feel free to make contact and find, talk about how do I revive myself? How do I get back on track? Because I've went a little while and I might even be in debt now. How do I get back on track? Use my pension wisely and look then at supplementing my income. Um, but you might be sick. But let's, either which way, let's discuss it. And see how we go. You'd be surprised. I know people who live better off of less than they did when they had a lot. Have an absolutely wonderful day. And thank you for listening to Financial Wisdom. There's always more. So I'm sorry I have to get here. But I hope it was of some use in some way. All right? Have a good one.